You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. everybody to the 3dms podcast recording here out of the royal oak studios of podcast detroit how's everybody doing this week i'm pretty good fantastic that is a lie clint you are a liar. <laughs> uh, i'm jake joined as usual by paul and i think we've got 80 percent of clint right now yeah probably about 80 percent. i'd say like 75 sorry clint all yeah. right so it's I'll, been i'll a, be okay i'll yeah. be okay the holidays are here as is soon becoming a delightful holiday media tradition we had a new Star Wars movie come out, guys. We did. I haven't seen it yet. Please, no spoiler. Yeah, we, we won't be talking spoilers on the show, so those of you that are tuning in, don't worry. We're not going to ruin everything for We are going to remain spoiler-free, and we have a couple of really fun announcements. Uh, but first, let's just – let's dance as well around The Last Jedi without saying anything that would upset anybody. Uh, overall thoughts, Clint? Um, I mean, we kind of disagreed about the movie. I I really, really enjoyed it. I, I think that there were a lot of um, just like wrapping up as we said the best I can with no spoilers. Uh, there were uh, plot few, holes. There, there were well, there were some plot holes, but there were a, f- a few questions that were answered from episode seven. Uh, but it left us with a lot of questions going into episode nine. So answer one question, get three more. Yeah, I mean, as as far as it goes overall, I I didn't think that it was a bad job. Yeah, uh, yeah. On my side of things, I didn't. You know, I don't hate it. I'm not – I don't love it either. Right. I think it's – visually, it's probably the most impressive Star Wars movie ever made, which Which is I really, really saying cool. something because Star yeah. Wars is not impressive. No, there impressive. was – like I still am thinking about like some of the shots and like some of the scenery they did and stuff and it was – oh, that movie looked cool. That was a cool looking movie. I would, yeah. I would watch it with like something else playing as audio. Um, Perhaps a very um, visually The Empire Strikes Back. <laughs> but um, I – well, I – I, I do actually. That's a really good idea, just to see how well those sync up. It, it wouldn't last long, but I just I would actually love to see how well that syncs up. Uh, overall, though, it was a it was an enjoyable movie. I had a great time. It took my mom, yeah, you know, and she liked it. Mm-hmm. Fun for the whole family. Yep, fun for the whole family. Um, so, but with it being Star Wars week, in a way, yeah. Other than you know May the Fourth when that comes out and everybody collectively loses their uh, Star Wars ish. <laughs> We're going to talk about a couple of homebrews we found, or a homebrew we found today that's uh, in the plans. Also, we are going to talk about how to make a Jedi in rules as written. So if you have a DM who isn't going to allow you to do a normal Jedi, this is how you can get back at him, by having not a Jedi, but totally a Jedi. I would advise players to not try to get back at their game masters, just because that rarely ends well, especially when you're dealing with somebody who's all-powerful. Unless you're Henderson. I was about to say, unless you're old man Henderson. But first, the before, greatest before, fictional character of all time. There will be a show dedicated to Henderson. But first, let's make a really big announcement for the show, guys. So it is our 10th episode. And we're we, still here. Whoop, whoop, Nothing's a, on fire. A, we're still here. Nothing's on fire. We're actually getting better at this. Air quotations. And mark. <laughs> I'm to, Ron Burgundy. I'm Ron Burgundy. <laughs> and in order to... Keep the show going and, uh, you know, keep the lights on. We are doing two things. Uh, first of all, uh, we are starting a Patreon. And there, it's actually up. Yep, it is up. It You can you can start go, uh, doing money and we'll go over everything briefly. Uh, we're going to start doing some on-the-side content that you can only get through the Patreon. Uh, a bit more, shall we say, bookish discussions. Uh, you know, some more, uh, shall we say, intense stuff that not this – 
less light, civil discussions. Yeah. Basically, yeah, we're going to be in a location where we can actually have a fist fight if need if it needs to happen. Hot takes upon hot takes. Yeah. Um, we're also going to start uh, if you chip in. I believe five dollars is the minimum chip in. Uh, we are also going to start streaming our D and D game directly to the Patreon that we play every Wednesday. That Paul is now joining. So I officially have a zoo at this point. I've got like eight players and. You can just tune in and watch me drink vodka and make them dance. It, it, wait, is it, was it five? Is that how many we're up to now? No, we, we got eight players. Six. No, eight. It's not eight. Jesse's coming, too. That, so that's seven. Yeah, and Paul. And Tom's coming back, too. Tom's coming back? Tom is back, baby. Oh, my God. This is going to be an absolute cluster F. Yeah. No, it's going to be great. We're going to have a great time. It's going to be exciting, I'm sure. So- we got a Patreon up. If you guys like our content, go check that out. Uh, but it is the holidays, and it is our 10th episode, and we have survived. And so thanks to our sponsor, Watchtower Comics and Games, uh, our final gift from them and uh, from us to you guys is if we can manage to get this page up to 500 likes, we are going to pick two people at random, and we are going to send them any D&D book from 5th edition that they wish. It, I mean, obviously, we can't give you like a special edition Volos or uh, – Xanathar's or a special edition Xanathar's, but any any book, any adventure module, uh, if as long as it's within reason, we are going to be able to find it and ship it to you. So go like our page, and once we hit that illustrious five hundred number, might not be this week, might be next week, who knows? But once we hit five hundred, we are going to send two of you a book, and they're not going to be one of us, and it's not going to be one of us. That would be. Oh, I won my own contest. I'm so lucky. <laughs> look at that. I, I wonder how that happened. Yeah, I've been really wanting Curse of Strahd for a long time, and look at that. I won. <laughs> but, gentlemen, let's get down to the task at hand. Let's do it. So, the Jedi homebrew. Um, now, I'm I'm going to admit I was a bit of a bad boy in terms of we, we got it somewhere. Uh, luckily, best friend of the show, Fado, is currently on it, looking tracking down where the official uh, – the official creator is when we find that we will pin it, but it, excuse me, I'm doing a bit of word salad, but when we find it, we will pin it and we will give the author the proper credit. This came out last year for May the 4th. Oh, uh, yeah. Star Wars Day. Yeah. Um, a nice little collection of homebrewers made it and let's launch into the Jedi homebrew class. So Paul, you did most of the reading on this. Yeah. Uh, if I recall, I can't remember if it's, I'm pretty sure it's D8 hit dice. Yeah, uh, that would make sense. D8 hit dice, standard monk progression, basically. Uh, they <coughs> do the unarmored, unarmed. Well, unarmored. They don't do unarmed, but they they're unarmored. Uh, their saves are dexterity, intelligence, and they've got perception on their class skills, which is always a good sign. I have to tell you. Yeah. Uh, that being said, um, which are all logical things that a incredibly, incredibly monk-like. So yeah, they're monks crossed with, I guess, fighters is the best way to describe it. Yeah, or from paladins. the. Uh, from the well, from the start, you know, I took a I took a look at the Jedi's list and just you know did a quick side by side with the monk because we did want to be able to build a rules as written Jedi as best we could, and so doing a quick side by side, they stack up. I mean, obviously you don't get key points, but you have force points. Oh um, yeah, so different. You know, sorry. which yeah, which scale at the same uh, I, same rate. You do get force abilities, which are different. We'll launch into that in a bit. Yes, um, but once you hit third level, it. They're very similar. They get an extra attack. They can deflect missiles. They get evasion at seven. Um, they get features at about the same rate. And even though monks get a couple more things in those levels in between, um, the Jedi just has a lot of natural tools built into this class. It's, I guess the best way to describe it would be, um, I'm sure everyone knows the hot disaster that is the way of the four elements monk. Uh, this seems like somebody went out of their way to fix it. And that result was the Jedi. Um, I should mention that I have serious misgivings about including this in a game because it feels very misfitting for a fantasy setting, but I'm but, being as objective as I can. Now, if it was just the abilities and it wasn't like an energy sword, would it still be misfitting? Well, frankly, mm-hmm. I'd use a mystic to represent a Jedi instead, but you guys don't like psionics. So. No, we don't. So no. it'd be better off as psionics, <laughs> I have to tell you. So moving on, um, they get unarmored defense like a monk. It's dexterity and wisdom. Uh, makes your unarmored defense. Uh, they get a fighting style, uh, a la ranger, fighter, and paladin. Do barbarians on. also get a fighting style? I forget. Uh, I think they get a limited one. I have to double check that. No, Someone in the chat, it. please correct us. What class did you say? Uh, barbarian. Barbarian. Do they get a fighting style? I don't uh, think so. No, I don't think they do. Yeah, I, think, I think it's got to be the trained fighter. I think they just. I think they just hit hard. Uh, 
As we said, they just yeah, don't. Very hard. They don't believe in pain. Yeah, they do. They do deflect missiles, uh, which much is like a monk. Debatably useful, much, much like the monk. Uh, debatably useful, but always really cool. Yeah, it's fun. It's just when you do it. Yeah, it's really cool. The one thing they're really lacking, which hurts them pretty badly, is they don't have flurry of blows. Yeah. Uh, well, they do kind of make up with it, though, with their lightsaber, but we'll get to the lightsaber in a minute. So there's three Jedi paths. Uh, you know, we can go deeper down the list. We're going to share the whole PDF for you, but you can uh, you can take a look at that. But just the early levels, really, it's, it's a mirror of Monk. Mm-hmm. Adds a couple of things, makes you better at using uh, a couple of different fighting styles. But so let's talk about there's a bunch of stuff. It's basically all taken from the Monk or Paladin list as far as you go. There's a couple ones that – Make me go, whoa, there. Like the one that gives you, I think it's proficiency in all saving throws. Uh, yeah, there's an ability like that. So let's let's go what? through the subclasses. <laughs> calm down, Clint. Calm down. Let's go through the subclasses really quick. So there is – or the paths. There is the concealer, which is supposed to be – The spellcasting yeah, equivalent. They're kind of – yeah. The, they, they took these from the um, the Knights of the Old Republic games. You get the three Jedi paths, the Council, the Guardian, and the, Guardian, the Sentinel. Um, the counselor is the spell casting equivalent. The guardian is the straight up beat stick equivalent. That's, and then there's the sentinel, which is um, it's supposed to be an in betweener in the games, but in this, it's more of the skill focus, which is surprisingly useful because yeah. it's got the thing that people, well, not people, these two are complaining about with the mystic, which is I can choose to get any skill or tool on my proficiency list for ten minutes, mm-hmm. and then they get to double their proficiency in these things, and they get to. There's a lot of stuff like that. Yeah. So Consular, they get a couple of things. Um, there is the Force Scholar, which gives them expertise in any two skills that they choose from well, this list. When two they specific level. skills. Yeah, two specific does skills. not include perception or it would be godlike. But still, you know, persuasion, history. You know, I think the, one of the things we were bemoaning when we're looking at the uh, Force spells list is that there isn't the uh, – the old Jedi mind trick on there. There's read thoughts, but it's not the same. Yeah, but uh, I guess with a high same. enough persuasion, you could yes, get away with D&D it. D&D persuasion is basically a Jedi mind trick. Yeah, it can be. Yeah. Um, you know, and then they get a couple abilities like augmented force at 14th level, which – It just comes too little too late. Yeah, me, a little too late. Uh, allows them to use – when they use cast force things. points to cast a spell, they can cast it at a higher level. Um I will say I really do like the spell list they have, just as a quick aside before we actually dive into the spell list. I have some problems with it, but we'll, obviously we'll get to that because I hate magic. But. <laughs> See, you hate magic. I hate psionics. You know, and we should start a buddy comedy. Oh, wait. We're already doing it. Too late. Okay. Moving on to Guardian. I was going to say, isn't that what we're doing right now? A Guardian is a, <laughs> is a hell of a beat stick, if you'll pardon the language. It's They've got criticals on 19s and 20s, which is something I don't think we've seen in 5th edition for only, a while. Only for the champion fighter. Yeah, champion fighter. Which no one plays because Battlemaster. Sweet, super good. Uh, the thing, of course, is that um, they're really good at hitting people, and unfortunately, that's about it. But they're actually better at killing things than Monk is. Yeah, and Monk tends to fall off, but I don't think the Guardian will fall off nearly as hard because they can hit almost as hard as. Yeah, they a, get four strikes. Not a barbarian, but like a paladin. They get four strikes. They add one d eight radiant or necrotic their choice damage to their attack starting at level six. They have extra attack as well, so they're making two attacks a turn, and then they also get warrior sage starting at fourteenth level. When you make an act, uh, action to cast it a force power, you can make one weapon attack as a bonus action. Because I'm still casting, I'm still making attacks. Yeah, you can't stop me. Can't stop them. Uh, Sentinel supposed to be right in the middle. Force versatility um, at their level three gives them the uh, very good abilities. Yeah, knowledge of the force allows you to master even those. Oops, excuse me. Those tools and skills which are outside of your specialization. As an action, you can expend one force point to become proficient with one skill or tool of your choice for ten minutes. Which is people complain. Oh, these two again complained about the, the mystic. This is actually arguably better. I would I would like for you to quit dragging me in front of this imaginary bus, Paul. <laughs> it's true. I mean, if it comes down to the mystic, throw me in front of the bus. Like, come I'll on, die guys. under that bus. It's a tier three class. We'll, we'll talk. Uh, we'll, we'll discuss this later. Um, in the parking lot. With yeah, our in fists. the parking lot with our fists. So, what, what was the movie uh, with Cuba Gooding Jr. Snow Dogs? We'll settle this the way the men do: you, me, a rope, and a knife. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Snow Dogs got so hardcore. Uh, uh, yeah, dude. At one point, he like one of the guys like threatened Cuba Gooding Jr. with murder in that movie. Let's, I mean, let's sort of avoid spoilers. This is the fight scene in Air Bud we're talking about, right? Oh God. Just, okay, moving on. Damn it. Reliable talent um, is another neat little ability. Uh, 
your skill in the force allows you to perform your chosen skills with competence under any condition. Whenever an ability check you make that uh, would you could add your proficiency bonus to. Forgive me, I read that really badly. Um, if there's any treat, ability check for any of your abilities that you aren't already proficient in, you. you get to use half your proficiency. And I don't even think this costs force. You can just do it no, whenever you it's want. Not, actually, no, you said it wrong. Uh, if it rolls, if you roll anything under a nine, oh, treat it as a ten. One. My bad. Just treat it as ten. There's another your, one of those. Is that your proficiency? That, so. Yeah. It's that's probably like the strongest power that I can see for outside of combat it's because basically take ten on anything. Yeah, it's you take feel ten, like it. and you know you can be trained in persuasion and stuff at this point. Like, it can get a little out of hand. But let's dive into the spell list because I actually I think that's the thing I really enjoy the most about this. They capture about ninety percent of stuff we've seen Jedi do, and they make it work. They take existing spells and just shape them a little bit or just like just enough of a tweak. Okay. Now I'm going to be slightly pedantic here. One of the things that frustrates me about this is that the force powers say you can take any three force powers you want to start as long as one of them is the lightsaber power. And all I can think is why don't you just give people two powers to start and say you also have the lightsaber power? That seems like it'd be simpler to say. Mm, that's fair. Yeah. Um, you know, so going through uh, going through some of these, uh, there are things like force celerity that allows you to. Um, I have a very hard problem. Force celerity is the one I have the biggest problem with. Oh, no, it's a force celerity. That's not the haste one. It's yeah. force speeds. Force celerity is fine. It's basically the the, uh, the wind thing that monks get, where they get to dash. Yeah, or disengage. It's, as a free disengage action. your dash uh, as a bonus. Uh, you have to spend a force point for it. Um, that Which is said, the same thing as, yeah, the monks have the same ability where they can do that with a key point. But yeah. that also makes sense because we've seen Jedi jump yeah. ridiculous yeah. distances. You get force like Jar Jar Binks. Cho- force choke, which is you spend one force point to cast hold person on a creature you can see. If you spend five force points on this ability, you can instead cast telekinesis on a creature you I, can see. I have to say that's the ability that worries me the most out of all the abilities because you can cast a second level spell at first level. Yeah, that's – and hold person shuts down people really hard is all I'm going to say about that. Yeah. But at the same time, it's low-level games and it's rocket tag. It's so. a degenerate hold condition person is to really get immobilized. Fun, yeah. Um, you know, cool abilities like force jump. Um, I, I kind of wonder why that exists when you've got the breath ability that, that – sorry, the movement, the celerity ability that lets you jump far away. Oh, I can cast jump again. Why force smite equals your force that? lightning. But the problem is you have to be ninth level to use it. Yeah. Not with force smite. No, because you have to spend four points. Oh, true. And you can't spend four points until the ninth <coughs> level, which is frustrating because it's like, oh, yeah, you can take this ability at first level. You just can't use it. Yeah, although Lightning Bolt is a pretty good spell. The thing is you get that spell at fifth level as a spellcaster. True, but, you know, you are forgetting here it's that also Jedi, Jedi worse get, fireball. It is worse fireball. But Jedi get to make two attacks here. You know, like they, they're, they're a pretty decent martial build. You know, they, they're a weird hodgepodge of monk, paladin, and fighter. But even that, the force speed ability, which is gets to cast haste in yourself, that's – yeah, that's cool. Except the problem is that haste is a concentration spell. So the second you take damage, you have to start making concentration checks. And while, Je- while Jedi may ha- obviously have the ability to use the force, they don't – it during combat, use it all that often really. Well, again, this is somewhat based obviously in the, um, the Knights of the Old Republic games yeah. where there was in fact a spellcaster yeah. uh, Jedi archetype. Oh, yeah. They get healing. But let's talk about the thing that everybody – um, absolutely adores about playing a Jedi or wanting to be a Jedi. And, you know, the thing that when you're six years old, five years old, or whenever the hell you see Star Wars for the first time, you want to get your hands on a lightsaber. Oh, yes. yes. Um, and as a lightsaber, you can take a force crystal because they didn't call it kyber crystal for whatever reason, but you can take a force crystal. They don't um, want to get sued by the house of mouse, I guess. Very true. And, uh, <laughs> You hold to manifest a weapon of force energy called a lightsaber. Saber. Yeah, they spell it wrong. No, the way they spell it is saber. So that's how I'm going to say it from now on. So you make a lightsaber. And in in your hand, the lightsaber appears and functions as a longsword, but it deals radiant damage, has finesse, and is weightless. You are proficient with your lightsaber <laughs> while you wield it, and it counts as magical for the purposes of overcoming resistances and immunity to non-magical attacks and damage. I cannot keep my shit together if you keep pronouncing it that way. <laughs> okay. <laughs> First of all, swear jar. Let's Okay, let's take that, a step yeah, back. Yeah, that's like four or five for me today. I um, need to get it together. Get it together. Let's take a step back here. 
Why does it say specifically that you're proficient with it when you're carrying it when you already automatically get proficiency when you become a Jedi? I, you know, I think it's just one of those clarifications there's, of rules. We There's I, something, of course, if you multi-class into Jedi and you can do it, but like... One thing I did look when I was looking this over, I was trying to actually see the change log and I just couldn't find the change log. Because I would have liked to have seen what was changed. I feel like maybe the way it was uh, worded before might have been didn't really okay. construe that you're proficient yeah. with it. Also, too, monks are not proficient are naturally proficient with long swords. If we scroll back up really quick to the top of the Jedi thing, um, they are in fact naturally proficient with long, uh, lightsabers, lightsabers, yeah. simple weapons, and lightsabers. Um, uh, okay. One thing to note is that. Yes, okay, having a weapon that can't be taken away from you very easily because, oh, who's going to take away a little tiny gem uh, that you can't remove from you anyway is useful, and it's weightless, which is also useful, but it disappears if it leaves your hands, I believe, or something like that. Actually, I'm not sure it indicates what conditions it leaves under, um, uh, but you can throw there it away. Is, so. There is actually a pretty little lengthy bit on how it can go away. But, um, yeah, like there's still the lightsaber throw. There's reading thoughts. The only ability that I'm really upset still isn't here is ye old Jedi mind trick. But that's read thoughts as Jedi mind trick in it. But really, they could have just called it Jedi mind trick and just get got like plus 50 points for me right there. Guys, I, um, I'm just I'm looking at the comment thread here. I just want to throw this out there. It's kind of a little side note. But Patrick Usher said, hey, guys, that's some yummy first edition goodness you have there. Yeah. So <laughs> garage sales are fun. First oh, yes. Uh I should say also one thing it's important is there's a sidebar about improving your force crystal because they're all priceless treasures that you can't find normally. Yeah. Um, your lightsaber your lightsaber is an excellent weapon to begin with because it's radiant damage or necrotic damage. Uh, sorry, it's just radiant damage, which is hard to resist in the early game. But it's never a magical weapon other than the plus. Then it counts as a magic weapon to overcome – Resistances, it's always a plus zero weapon. Well, I think, you know, when you're a DM and you're dealing with homebrew at that point, you have to, when you embrace the homebrew, you got to step up and like really love the homebrew. They yeah. say, of course, they say in a sidebar that you can focus on it to improve it. Yeah. But I guess it feels too much like a figure it out yourself thing. And it should have probably been included that with your lightsaber power that it goes up at plus at certain levels. Well, you know, just like as a DM, I could automatically think that, you know. At some point, you know, at the bottom of some mine, Minecraft style, right? Like on the layer where diamonds would be, you know, you're that deep in a dungeon or a mine or something. You know, there's one kyber crystal and you can use that. And, you know, it's a plus two kyber crystal and it's purple because everybody loves Samuel Jackson. And you now have a lightsaber. Yeah. I, I mother. Yeah. I it's guess got my bamf on the hill. It's got bamf on the hill. <laughs> Uh, Hand me my kyber crystal. All right, guys. So one that says, all right, we got to move on to yeah, we got to move on, on to how to make a legal I, Jedi. I think Jedi is an excellent class. All, right. all told, I think it could be done better as a mystic, but I'll get crucified if I say that. <laughs> no, you'll just get um, beat up in the parking lot. Yes. The problem I have with Jedi overall, because I have to have a problem with something. It's my job. Yeah. Is that I feel this is a weird thing for me to say, but I feel the developers were too cautious about the power of spellcasting, which I appreciate. It suffers from the same problem that Way of the Four Elements Monk did, that you get spells way too little and way too late and you give up too much for them. I would actually disagree with you on that. I think that it's got a very good blend of damage. It's got extra attacks. It gets a pretty useful click of spells. I could actually see like a very effectively played Jedi homebrew class being very annoying. The problem, of course, is that you get these spells like four or five levels late. And more than that, they still have the problems that, okay, yeah, a wizard can cast haste on you. And the wizard has to concentrate on this. But if you're casting haste on yourself and you're running into combat, the first time you get hit, your haste is probably going to go away. Mm, probably. But it's still like most fighters can't do that. You know, fighters can't do that unless they go Eldritch Knight and they really, 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 really focus on it. Um, I, again, it's it's a perfectly viable class. I just think it's low in the power scale overall. All right. You know, I I think I'd have to see some. I could see it being also strong. The counselors just I'd sit on the other side. I could I could see it being really strong, but it, it'd have to be something I'd have to see a play test of. The counselor is easily the worst of these, and it's really a disappointment. Yeah. Um, so the others are fine. Let's use our patented, not taken from anywhere rating system. Uh, it's totally not stolen from Bret Hart. Totally yeah. not stolen from Bret Hart. So, Paul, what do you think the balance of the class is out of ten? I would actually give this an eight, all told. Uh, other than being slightly oh. weak for my tastes, they were very careful about the power level of magic in this abil- in this build, and it shows. It's arguably a side grade to the monk, 
which while not the best class in 5th edition, is definitely much better than it has been. I like it. Okay. There's obviously room to improve, but. Um, Clint. Yeah. The lore of the Jedi. Just the idea, you know, because I mean, they sum up, you know, they do neatly sum up in a couple of little paragraphs. It would be, it would be kind of hard, I feel, at least in my campaign setting, to justify how a Jedi Order would exist, especially because it's Um, powers. So, as far as lore goes for my setting and the way that Force powers work, I would give it six out of ten. Six out of ten. Um, and then last but not least, flavor, flavor, flavor. It's the flavor with a saber. The flavor, you say that. Okay, we're, we need to stop. We're getting offensive. Um, overall, corner think, now. Yeah, overall, I think the flavor of a Jedi could work. I think there are ways that you could take this class, deconstruct it just a little bit, <laughs> change some elements, and make it fit into a monk archetype like, sort of way. Make it fit into a monk archetype and then also do a couple of things with the force so that it's not psionic based and it's more, you know, the the religion of everybody. Kind of how we're going to when we talk about the force here in a little bit in your game, how to do the force in your game. Um I I think there's a way you can make it work and still have it be fantasy. Um you just couldn't call it a Jedi cuz everyone's just going to go, "Well, that's that's come on. That's that's your prompt. Bullshit. There you go. There you go. We're just going to we're just going to let you off the chain today. Yes. Just a little bit. Release um, so, the hound. <laughs> so for flavor, I give that an eight. So that we got a six and two eights. That's a twenty-two out of thirty. That's it's not even a, a B. I'm afraid. It's no, no, C. that's actually I, that's pretty good for us. Anything that breaks twenty is. Yeah, I personally, I would have rated its lore much lower, but well, obviously Clint is more familiar with his setting than I am. So yeah, no, I, I was just saying for my own personal setting my own campaign yeah, setting I yeah I, the flavor and the uh the balance are excellent though yes they absolutely. definitely captured I mean, the fantasy of the jedi let's be honest who doesn't who has at any point watching star wars didn't want to be a jedi exactly everybody wants to be a jedi if you have the choice to be obi-wan kenobi you be obi-wan kenobi frankly i'd probably end up as a sith but. all right guys so we got to move on. Yes. We're going to move yes. on now because just when you thought the Jedi stuff was over. But wait. More Jedi. <laughs> there's more. Thank you, Billy Mays. Um, R.A.P. We are going to talk about how to make a Jedi in rules as written legal. Um, in Adventurer's League, I believe it is. Adventurer's yeah. Guild? The only, like Adventurer's League. The only, the only one rule about Adventurer's League is I don't know if they have a limit on multiclassing. Which we'll discuss because this is going to involve a, d- a decent amount of multiclassing. This does involve a decent amount of multiclassing, but this is also for the players who have a DM who you know they don't want outside homebrew material. And I stuff, can understand that. Which you know, yeah, I'm you know I'm homebrewers aren't professional developers. So. I'm pretty strict on you know what homebrew makes it into my game. But if you wanted to do this, then we have a build for you. Here's an alternative way to here's, do it. Yeah, here's a way to be a Jedi. To savor the flavor, if you will. Savor the flavor. Okay, we need to stop. I'm, I'm putting, I'm, I need to stop myself. <sighs> okay. Before so, we move on, but before we move on, guys, uh, I'd like to remind everybody, we've reached our 10th episode and we are doing a giveaway. If you like our content and you're enjoying what you're seeing or you just want free stuff, please go like our page. Um, once we get to 500 likes, we are going to pick two lucky people who have liked our page, uh, and we are going to give them a book, uh, a book from fifth edition. Any one of their choice, we'll send it to you. Uh, if you that want us to sign it, we edition. will. If you don't want us to sign it, well, we'll just write you a really lovely letter and we'll stuff it in, in the front cover right next to the flyleaf. But we're going to send it to you guys. Uh, and any book, as long as it's not a special edition book like the special editions, Anathars or Volos, because those are expensive if you haven't looked on eBay. Um, also, with that, uh, we are starting a Patreon. We'd like to, you know, the show costs us not a whole lot of money, but just enough money every month that, you know, we all have to pitch in and work together to pay it off. And so we're hoping to get start doing some extra content and start really interacting with you guys more. We, we're trying to pitch ourselves as a live D&D talk show. We want to hear your guys' comments. We want to be able to react and, you know, have conversations with the community. And we're starting a Patreon to basically help keep our lights on and do some more fun stuff. We're going to things that are going to be on the Patreon. If you pitch in at the $5 level, uh, you are going to be able to see videos. We're going to do videos where we dive deep into certain topics like religion and D and D, uh, things like, you know, plot and world building and just the less 
less radio friendly topics and also where we can can swear more as well as also probably certain things that we wouldn't necessarily be able to cover in an hour long episode oh yeah Yeah. things that yeah things that need a bit more time also with that you're going to get to watch uh, all of us playing the same game on Wednesday uh, which is usually a hoot and half. Usually, there's a lot of drinking. Don't don't expect like critical role levels of you know talent or anything. But it's we usually have a good time, and usually the reactions and the shouting is at least worth a tune in. And last but not least, uh, if you check out our Patreon, the highest level of Patreon content user for 3DMs called the Exalted level, up to five of you, if you are willing to pay the uh, pay the fee, I will personally run a D and D game for you over Roll Twenty. Uh, we can all of us can sit down, work out a night a week, but uh, available for five users. If you are willing to pay pay the steep fee, you'll get access to everything else, of course. It's not that and steep. our Discord, then uh, you Especially can. It's per month, but it's it's a monthly pay. But still, if you're willing to sit down, pay the twenty five bucks, then yes, I will run a weekly game for you and the other people who sign up. So check out our Patreon. Uh, please like and share our page. Remember, when we get to five hundred, we're going to pick a couple people at random to give a book to. So okay. now that Excellent. that long break is done. Business is out of the way. <laughs> Let's get back to the entertainment. Yeah. So to make a, a, a Jedi, I should say, in the Adventurers League, you have to consider a couple things. Jedi don't, generally speaking, wear heavy armor. So the monk is probably a good choice because barbarian doesn't make much sense. Barbarian doesn't make much sense, although I do love the idea of just like a frothing at the mouth Luke Skywalker. It's Luke just, smash. It's chewy as a Jedi. So besides that, monk is the obvious choice, but you probably don't want more than five levels in monk because monks aren't great at using weapons. Yeah. For that, so, you might want a paladin, a couple levels of paladin, two levels of paladin. To be yeah. So let's break this thing down from the very tippity top. If you're going to play the most optimized, like well-rounded, well-to-do version of this Jedi, so to speak, you're actually going to start with Rogue, or as I like to consider this, the Anakin starting point. Um, <laughs> Good, uh, the where actual you're just, Anakin starting point rather than... Yeah, where you're just a cheeky little kid who somehow ends up with Natalie Portman. I watched I watched The Phantom Menace the other day. I, I don't know why, but I was just like, he's like nine, and she's like 19, and then it's really creepy in the next movie when she's just like, oh, look at you, and it's just like, no... No, he was just a little boy not too long ago. Anyways, so you're going to start with like 20 years in two years. So if we're going to do that. (laughs) Kid's nine with a full beard. Yeah. (laughs) Puberty hit me like a truck. I'm going to go play some ball. (laughs) So moving on, moving on. So we're going to start with Rogue just to get all those skills because you get a bunch of skills with Rogue. Uh, We'll say this one's half-elf for fun because half-elf gets natural bonus to charisma, and that's actually going to come in handy because this is a very stat-dependent build. And having that natural boost to charisma and then being able to put points in dexterity where you're also really going to need it. Multi-attribute dependent. Yep, is going to be very important. You're going Um, to need good dexterity, constitution, and charisma, plus probably some wisdom. Actually, intelligence, too, uh, if you're going to do some of the spell casting with Rogue. This is – it's not going to be like the best build in the world, but this is – This is, about this is a, how you do it. This is going to be as close as we can get you. If anybody has any other suggestions or ideas they'd like to make, because we literally came up with this on the drive here. So how how many levels of Rogue do you think? We're going to start off with just the very first level in Rogue just to get the – because they start with four skills and all those various things. Um you know, just one level in Rogue to get you started. You're ultimately going to have three levels in Rogue. Combined with Half-Elf, you're going to get six skills out of that. Um, not six skills, six skills. In addition to your background skills. But also six skills. Um, and you are going to go from that to Monk. Now, you're going to take levels in Monk until you hit level three. And we're going to go to Xanathar's Guide to Everything. And we're going to take the Kensai Monk, the new Kensai Monk, which can use martial weapons. As a monk weapon. And for those of you familiar with what a monk weapon does, long story short, you can now use it as a dex weapon no matter what it is. Uh, the only restriction on Kensai for that is heavy weapons. Yeah, so we're not going to bother with those. So you don't have to bother with those. You can you can now take a long sword and use it as a dexterity weapon, um, which is – The point. Yeah, the point. Also, Kensai just fits the concept. Yeah, Kensai well. fits the concept very well because you know we can launch into that whole conversation. But – Anyways, so you're going to get to third level there, and at that point, we're going to take another abrupt turn.
turn in direction, and we're going to pick up two levels of paladin, and here's why. With two levels of paladin, you get to pick a fighting style. So you can take your great weapon fighting, your dual wielding, um, your dueling setup, uh, any any ability to really just help you do more physical attacking because you're going to be doing a lot of stuff with a weapon. You know, with a, uh, so you really want to assist this longsword fighting style. So you want to probably pick up the dueling style. You also get a couple of neat little things we've seen Jedi do in video games and expanded sources. Like you get lay on hands, which we can fluff as force healing. Um, you're going to get things like smites, which we can say is force smacking. I don't know. Smite um, is very good, and it's kind of hard not to take it. It's the force. We don't need to explain yeah, it. We don't need to explain it. It's the force. Midichlorians. Let's not forget you also get divine sense. So Yeah, you get divine sense so they can do the— I sense a disturbance in the force. Yeah, there's a devil like 30 feet away. We should probably run. So once— Directly at it to vanquish the evil, you mean? No, no. We run away. We run away. We are not stupid here. Mostly. So you get your two levels of paladin out of the way. At this point, you should be level six— um, you have, yep, three levels in Paladin, or th- two levels in Paladin, one level in Rogue, and three, and levels, in monk. three levels in Monk. You are now, at this point, going to go back to Rogue. You're going to take two more levels in Rogue. Spin the wheel. What class are we going to next? Yeah, and you are going to take the Arcane Trickster. <laughs> We're going to take fire class change. Yeah, you are going to take the Arcane Trickster subclass. And this is basically for Mage Hand. Um, oh, yeah. Which, you know, Mage Hand is about as close, other than like telekinesis and higher spell level abilities, uh, Mage Hand is about as close as you're going to get to doing this. Eh. Well, I mean, yeah, it's the best choice, all consider. You know, to, to, well, to doing, you know, cheeky little Jedi things like, you know, moving stuff around and, you know, like lifting well, lightsaber out of the ice. Yeah. L- lifting rocks. Mm-hmm. Well, Mage Hand only lists like, what, five pounds? Yeah, that's actually the best way to sum up The Last Jedi lifting rocks. Yeah. But uh, anyway, paying homage, so, paying homage to the old movies. So you're going to keep leveling Rogue until third level for Arcane Trickster. Yep. Then what? Then you're going to finish off with two levels a month. We, you know, most games don't get past level 10. Um, so at that point, you're going to just finish off with your monk, uh, get it to level five. Uh, you know, you'll be level finally 10. Finally get your extra attack. Yeah, finally 10. get your extra attack. You can, you, can refun- you can repurpose this in a lot of ways. You can, like, you can go hard monk to get level five first and get those uh, – you know, get your extra attack. But if, you know, I'm, I'm imagining this in a setting where everybody's starting at level 10, you know, a bit of a higher campaign. Yeah. So that is option one for this. Now there is another option if you don't want to do that. And that is blade singer wizard and paladin, which is another weird hybrid. Um, I think this one's more fun personally, because I, I like when you get three classes in the mix but I'm also a glutton for self-punishment, so we can, you know. Let's do it. By the way, uh, Moskin suggests that you could use the Sacred Kin Barbarian as a sort of barbarian sorcerer uh, huh. style of Jedi. Is that the Path of the Zealot? Or is uh, that a, is that a homebrew? Sacred Kin and Xanathar's. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the Path of the Zealot. Yeah. Okay. So, all in all, overall, that is our rough guide on allowing a Jedi without being a Jedi. Yeah, a Jedi without being a Jedi. For better or worse, I find they don't really fit in campaign settings. But hey, I mean, Spelljammer's a thing, so why not? Right. We're getting Spelljammer soon, guys. Hype, I think. I heard we're getting Spelljammer soon, so hype. Alleged Spelljammer. Yeah. So. The glory days of second edition. Thoughts, comments, guys, on uh, uh, on this I would, long winding road my, of my classing I gave you, my big thing that I would say uh, for this build is I th- this is and I would rarely ever discourage players from doing things. This is not a build for new players. Oh no! Oh no! Going with the three multi classing and going through the order of like how you should multi class and go through everything. It's uh, it, it it's just as you said. It's kind of a glutton for punishment type of deal. Like you have got to you be to dedicated to this character, or as Jake said, start at a high level. Also, you have to acknowledge that you're not going to be the most optimized. So, people who want to make the best thing they can do in a specific build should probably also stay away from this. It's yes, it has some rough edges. Let's just put it like that. Mm-hmm. But I think we've probably said enough about that particular uh, how to build this Jedi in any homebrew game. So, let's talk about. A more contentious topic, the Force. 
Oh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Midichlorians. Midichlorians. And moving on. <laughs> and we're done. So, now, let's talk about the Force in your campaign and setting. More let's talk also about how the concept of a Force, the Force is, there's not much to the Force in Star Wars other than sort of a couple vague tenets that different Force users share. Yeah. Well, but depending on which order they follow, they have different different tenets and different beliefs. We had a lively argument on the way here about free energy, I believe, was the description. <laughs> well, so let's, you know, recently we have been seeing a lot of comments on like pages like the 5th edition page, Reddit and stuff. And th- there's been these debates on it can paladins and clerics get their powers uh, not directly from a god, but from things like a philosophy or a thing, which technically, yes, there it is written in the rules that you do not have to um, take a god if you, you can, don't want to. Yeah, you can be an atheist cleric. Um, now, I am personally of the... Per- will be praised. I am personally of the persuasion, though, that if in a D&D setting where, you know, like, gods are real and active, like, if you're an atheist in a D&D setting, you're kind of like a flat earther, but, <laughs> you know... But when gods are literally coming down and being like, Hey guys, here's what's going on in the heavens. You're like, no, no, you don't exist. But now, to be fair, in the Planescape setting, there's a good reason to be an atheist. Not so much that you didn't think gods exist, but so much as you thought they were jerks. Yeah, no, it it depends setting to setting. You know, if you right. like, if I pay, played in a Greek setting, I would stay as far away from Olympus yeah. as possible because <laughs> all they do is come down and ruin your day and try to have sex with you. It's terrible. Well, I was gonna Zeus is the one that like you uh, gotta stay like, from 90, Zeus. Ninety percent. Ninety percent. Yeah, well, ninety percent of Greek mythology. Ninety percent of the problems that were created and Poseidon was be yeah was and because. Yes. Uh, Zeus could not keep his penis in his pants. Okay. Apollo's a pretty cool dude. Okay. Though. Yeah. Let, let's be real. The only cool, like, as in you could probably get along with them, Greek gods were Hestia, Hephaestus, and arguably Artemis. But moving on. Everyone else was kind of difficult. <laughs> but back to the topic at hand. Right. So we, you know, we, uh, I've been seeing this topic come up a lot, though, and with Star Wars conveniently coming out, the Force is a presumable air quotations philosophy. religion or a philosophy you could add it's, it never comes down from the heavens and gives commandments or anything the force is no. sort of a, uh, a a universal energy field surrounding the universe in a way that surrounds living things and allows those who are in tune with it to do things with it see the the way that i look at it and i actually and again spoiler for you guys don't panic uh, after watching the movie for the second time last night, The Last Jedi, uh, I watched a video that it helped explain the end of the movie. And uh, they went into all of the previous movies and started to talk a little bit about the Force and the philosophy behind the Force. And um, the Force pulls very heavily from like Eastern Asian culture, yeah. specifically Buddhism. Mm-hmm. And we see that in, say, Obi-Wan and Yoda, who when they pass away because they have become one with the Force, they just dematerialize and reach a higher state. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. Exactly. So I feel like this is one of those things like we were talking about where the force may exist and it's a philosophy and it could could be a way of life. It's a a type of uh, viewpoint like Buddhism is where it's not necessarily that there's a deity, but it's about um, the oneness between beings. Yes. Yes. So the enlightenment of oneself. Paul, how would you how would you put the the force into your setting if you were to suddenly you know if you wanted to add this as an option you know you, you don't have to call it the force you can call it okay. something else well believe it or not that's in fact already in my setting so that's a good you... point the flow is an energy field that surrounds all people and allows anyone to do magic and all manipulation of magic whether arcane divine or natural is all simply permutations of how you use the flow and anyone can access it. So a random peasant can call upon it and probably set themselves on fire because they don't know what they're doing. But it's it's a thing that surrounds people. There's, there's no specific tangible idea behind it. Mm-hmm. So you can use it for good or for evil because at the end of the day, it's like fire. It can be used however you want to use it. And a fire in a fire pit isn't evil. A fire burning down your house isn't evil. But somebody who burns down your house is probably evil. Right. And actually, I'm I'm kind of along the same lines of how I explain magic in my campaign setting, where um, basically magic is something it's a, it's a force that exists. It is something that is there, and through different mediums, whether it be through intense study or deals with gods and patrons and things like that, people are able to tap into it and manipulate it. 
Yes. Um, the thing you have to understand, of course, well, not that you have to understand, but the thing that is to be understood is that the Force can give you power, but the Force does not want anything from you like a god does. And that's important to clerics because that sort of explains how a cleric without a god or a paladin without a god can get their powers is they have access to this sort of metaphysical force that doesn't want anything from them, but they have to intensely want it somehow. Yeah. Like if they say, I want to save people, but I don't want to serve a god, and their determination is what gets them that ability. Hmm. That's my read on it. Right? What about so, you, Jake? Well, I could see it, you know, it, it's something that fits one of my favorite concepts, so to speak, of how magic and other things usually work. Um because I, I guess the best way to describe how my wizards work in my setting, it's I mean it's been done before. I'm not We should have a serious talk in one of our uh podcasts about how magic works magic. And but should to, work in your setting. Yeah, how it could work in your setting, I should but say. But to some might not I mean mine's been done before, but the idea is is that like the arcane is all around and wizards just, you know, by saying the right words and doing, you know, proper ingredients and uh semantic components and all that stuff are able to shape it and use it. Shadowrun has a similar system, by the way, which yeah. you should check out sometime. Um, but also – I say to all our viewers. So to uh, – but as far as the Force goes, with the Force and putting it into my setting, the way it would be done, it would have to be in a similar kind of thing. It would still be monks. Like I've actually – in doing all the research and preparation for the show – I kind of figured out a way to actually put the Jedi into my setting. So Clint <laughs> – Paul, it could happen. I'm not saying it will, but you, it might. You deny right. me the mystic and now this happens. Yeah. This is the final straw. Yeah. If I have to fight Darth Vader, I swear to Christ. Hey, don't take the Lord's name in vain, okay? He died for our sins. Listen, guys. He took half damage. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Paul. Don't mistreat Paul, the equipment. Paul, you know what I'm about to say. Get in the corner. Cool. So, <laughs> okay, guys. Uh, finishing up, though, on the topic of the Force, uh, at least on my end, I could easily see it being added as just it is a great alternative philosophy. Uh, it actually is kind of cool, too, because it can give that player who uh, wants to stick it to the gods for whatever reason, you know, something else they can like be like, yeah, no, it's, it's all about being one, um, which – works really well if you're thinking about it in a happy way or it's terrifying if you've seen Evangelion because that's what the end goal is. Hey, spoilers. That tang, is, tang. Tang. Um, final thoughts on the Force in games because we've got to get wrapping this show up. Frankly, I'm using it so I like the concept, although obviously we'd need heavy refluffing because it science fiction stuff rarely mesh, meshes well with fantasy stuff in my opinion. Yes, the original D&D, in fact, had crashed spaceships as a thing. Yeah. That doesn't mean it was necessarily a good idea. Arguments to tradition are not necessarily good arguments. Yeah. Okay. What about you, Clint? I mean, I'm kind of in the same boat. I mean, I think as far as – just as I explained, like that's kind of how magic in my campaign setting works anyway. It's already something that – it's just something that exists and through different ways you can access it. So I guess there kind of already is the force – it's just not like the Star Wars Force. It seems to be a common concept, at yeah. least among these But three. as far as specifically the Star Wars Universe Force, I think that that would be pretty hard to put into a fantasy setting. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. Um, well, we have about 10 minutes of show left, and so we had a, a another planned topic, but I think this is actually going to be more fun to see uh, all of us flex our stuff together. Um, okay. A listener by the name of Justice Christiansen yep. commented I'm and said that they are a super huge fan of Star Wars yeah, and love all three of the Star Wars movies. What do you guys think an adapted Star Wars version of D&D would look like? Well, Ooh. Um, so let's, hmm. you know what, guys? I prepared for this, actually. Let's do this. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's go from the top here. If we were going to do the original three movies, because, guys, spoilers don't apply when the last one came out in 85. Yeah, right. You have no excuse. If, if, if you ain't seen the original three Star Wars and you're watching this and you get mad it, that we spoil them for you. Oh, no, you spoiled Godzilla. Here's the, here's the spoiler. He dies. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. Guys, how do we do? Let's, you know what? Let's just do uh, A New Hope. How do we do A New Hope in D&D? &D? Oh, what man. class is Luke Skywalker uh, from the start? Commoner. 
Okay. Real <laughs> talk. Um, before I get into this, I should say there are, in fact, three Star Wars games that if you really want to, you should check out. There's the D20 Star Wars system that was released in 2003 and 2007. I was actually going to bring that up, that there actually is a tabletop Star There's Wars system. lots of them. Uh, well, there's three of them, I should say. So there's the one released in 2007, which is the D20 system, for those familiar with D&D who want to recreate the D&D experience in Star Wars for some reason. Yeah. Those are kind of different genres. There's the D6 one related, uh, released in, I think it was 86, I want to say, which was a sort of quick story-based system which fits Star Wars. And there's the more, more recent one of Edge of the Empire, and there's one for Force users, too, that was released in 2014, I want to say, which is the current one, which uses the Fate system. Um Obviously, if you want to adapt it to D&D, you probably want to use the 2003 D20 system. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, let's let, as far as the, the D&D system goes, if we were to try to assign different characters from a new right. hope. This is not in a galaxy far, far away. This so is, setting know. it in a fantasy universe yes. has been done for. So basically, let's break down the very core concept. You need a princess who is being chased by an important, powerful villain who is looking for plans to something or... Uh, some information that she's supposed to have. What would you make Darth Vader in your game? Uh, Oathbreaker? Oathbreaker, Paladin, or Death Knight? Yeah, I, I'm thinking Death Knight. Non-undead Death Knight. I, the only reason that I say Oathbreaker is because, obviously, uh, going back to the second trilogy, which is uh, episodes one, two, three, the whole like breaking of the Jedi Oath. Yeah. yeah. Turning him Sith. I, I think that that logically makes sense. Yeah. Okay. But so Death Knight, of course... Darth Vader needs to be terrifying because Darth Vader is awesome. You have the feistiest of all of the princesses, Princess Leia. The if if you were to put all Disney princesses in a room right now, we all know Leia's coming out. Like that's not even a question. Um, yeah, no. no. I'd like to remind you, Mulan is a Disney princess. Mulan is in there, but I Mulan is actually a, tra- a talented soldier. Let's be real. I'm. Th- nope. This is a conversation for another time, but this- I'm, I'm still hands down giving it to Leia. Yeah. I'm- I think you're really underestimating Mulan. I've never, seen, I've never seen Mulan choke, choke out a hut. Okay. That's true. That's not the point. We did see her that kill a Mongol. That's not the point. Um, so Leia is obviously um, probably an NPC to start that gets picked up by a player later. Okay. Um, Leia is the plot coupon in, in A New Hope and that she's sort of what the plot is based around. We need to rescue Princess Leia. The droids are... They're honestly kind of irrelevant. You could replace them with almost anything, like any servant of the princess. R2-D2 is definitely like a halfling or a gnome. So yeah, we've got a halfling and we've got a stuck-up elf. There, boom, done. Yeah, there two bumbling go. servants. There are those guys. The PCs encounter them and have to escort them to somewhere to get the information they have, which for some reason they won't just give to the PCs. They're being very secretive about it. They want to be escorted to a certain place and they're willing to either pay lots of money or... Perhaps the PCs are being hunted down because they think they're associated with them. And, of course, they find everybody's favorite smuggler. That's one of the PCs, honestly. Yeah, no. Oh, you would do it as a PC? Yeah. Luke and Han are PCs both. Okay. Uh, Leia would be a PC later. And I'd say even so, Obi-Wan Kenobi could be a PC who's playing a high-level character who needs to get killed off for drama. So, I mean, just just to beg the question, then, Han Solo's a rogue. Oh, Yeah. Uh, I don't there, think there's, there's no, there's so much no way that, that yeah. he's not. Um, he's got to be a rogue. I so what, that, would you, what would you make Chewie? Because I know what my answer is. Yeah, that's barbarian. exactly what I was about no, to say. No, barbarian. That's, that's not even a question. Some sort of bugbear barbarian, so, maybe? I don't know. Yes. Yeah, that's actually perfect. So, <laughs> okay. But here's, here's the final thing I want to ask you. Uh, if yeah. we're wrapping up A New Hope. Yep. How do you, how do, you do that final conflict? How do, you, uh, how do you blow up the Death Star? Okay. Okay. Ooh. Wait for a moment. Giant walking spider fortress. Okay. With a laser gun or something like, you know, it can Arcane throw. Arcane gun. Yeah, throws fireballs, a lot of them, and blows up cities because they're extorting people for something. I don't Mana know. laser. Yes, so they, they blow up laser. cities. And you have to board the spider mountain <laughs> tank thing. Okay. It's, it's a golem. It's a golem the size yeah. of a city, and you have to destroy its heart. Is there one convenient exhaust port? Uh, there's one convenient... On the underside uh, of the chest. Yes. <laughs> there's one convenient uh, maintenance tunnel to the heart, and you've got a, I don't know... See, when you say maintenance tunnel and you're talking about a living thing that just doesn't... It's a golem. It's not really living. It's not really alive. It really doesn't have feelings. Um, you can try Okay, well, I would actually expand on that. Yeah. No, there's a tunnel in, the party goes in, and then they fight the heart of the golem because there's... 
crazy thing. There's guards and there's a couple of, you know, like lasers and, you know, other defense measures. Uh, there's a fight in Curse of Strahd that's very similar where you're fighting a crystal at the top of a tower and there's like things coming out of walls. And of course, at the end of it, you've got to face down the big bad of this section <laughs> who's totally not Darth Vader, the Death Knight. And he's to totally not Darth Vader. completely butcher one of the players who'd probably be playing the Obi-Wan equivalent, the high level guy, runs up to go take him on and buys this some time and he kills him in two rounds michael edwards says i dig that lion shirt represent in all caps yeah we do we do record out of detroit so yes, we do all right guys well i think it's let's see no we, we still actually got more time we're oh. we've got about four we, more yeah, minutes well, four or five more minutes one of them. so you you fight the heart um your mentor figure your high level npc or PC, buys you some time while the Death Knight chops him up into tiny little chunks. Okay. Or the Oathbreak, whatever. You, the heart itself is not really a villain or so much a monster. It's just got a lot of guards. And your goal at the end of the day is more guards are coming, but you just need to kill the heart. And then you need to flee as fast as possible before the spider mountain tank thing collapses. Spider mountain tank monster giant, 6 foot, 12 foot, 18 foot. And, and then you just run as fast as you can. 18 foot, 6 foot, 12. Most of the guards are dying. And the Death Knight will escape, of course, because why wouldn't he? Yeah, he'll, he'll be back next movie. He'll chase you out, but he'll get trapped by a falling rock or something, and then he'll fight his own way out or carve his own <laughs> way out after you. And then you awkwardly have to reveal to one of your PCs that he's actually their daddy. He's not their dad. He's their roommate in their college. <laughs> no, no, I don't like space balls. Cousins, space, roommates. Space balls offends me. On a moral level. I, I have a I, – now that we've talked about A New Hope, there's another character from the original trilogy that I'm interested to see what you guys would put him as. Okay. Where would you have the emperor as far as the class list? Wizard. High-level wizard. Or wizard? sorcerer. Sorcerer no, or wizard. High-level divination wizard played to their absolute maximum extent, extent for complete horror. Yeah. He knows where you are. He can send hit squads after you anytime he wants. Are you talking about Santa? <laughs> He sees you when you're sleeping. He sees when you're awake. And that's when he sends the hit squads at you because he wants you to know fear. Fear. Um, let's see. Other fun characters from how would we do, let's see. How would you do Jabba the Hutt? Oh, man. Um, yeah, there's 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 one. Mastermind? Okay. I mean, wouldn't be much of a rogue, but they definitely have to be some sort of big, fat creature that's hard to kill. I mean, he's just big bone. No, he's okay. actually pretty well toned for a hut. He's okay. He's in pretty good shape. Uh, on top of all this, of course, is Jabba the Hutt isn't so much a character as he is like a plot device because he doesn't really put up much of a fight against Leia. He's just there because he's got huge armies of minions and resources. Well, yeah, because so he's, he's, right. he's a crime, crime boss. boss. But you know, still though, if if uh, you were to put it into your world as a villain, right? If you were to put a uh-huh. string, you know, which is a an archetype that has been done a lot of times, actually, like the strange, weird-looking menace that is a crime boss. Like hell, Xanathar is a strange-looking crime boss. You know, strange, weird species crime boss. Uh, I don't want to say purple worm because that's way too large. We need something fat and slow and sentient, vaguely. Gelatinous cube, uh, half fiendish gelatinous cube monk, <laughs> half fiendish gelatinous cube that's been cast awakened on it. Yeah, <laughs> no. Because it's half fiend, it's got intelligence three. Oh, that's why mm-hmm. you choose it. No. Yeah, but then how can it, how can it command people? That's a third edition joke. My bad. Um, I actually don't know. I need to check the monster manual more thoroughly. Yeah, I'd definitely have to take a look at the monster manual. But definitely to figure that out. The leader of the thieves guild or whatever your equivalent is. Yeah. No, I think if that you were going, you, you want to hear my job of the hut? How you do a job of the hut? I'm listening. You awaken a boule. Ooh, that's terrifying. Yeah, no, you, you, you cast Awaken on it. Uh, it. It does some edumacation and stuff. It's learned to stand upright, and it's just got that big old mouth. That's a little scary. All right, guys. Bring me solo. <laughs> and then, of course, unlike Jabba the Hutt, it rushes after you and eats you. Yeah, so. yeah, and can swim under the ground. It's actually better Jabba the Hutt. There, I did right. it. But I think we've spent enough time blabbing about this, all told. All right, guys. So, yeah, that's, that's your one show you get a year on uh, Star Wars. Uh, maybe on May the 4th. We'll see how we feel. So, in closing today, guys, uh, 10th episode, we're celebrating. We're doing a giveaway. We want to get to 500 likes. And we'll get you a book of your choice. Book of your choice. So, Person who wins go like our Facebook page. Uh, give this video a share. Let more people have a chance. We're going to pick two people out of uh, the 
Once we hit 500, once we hit 500, who isn't one of us? Obviously, obviously not one of us. And oh wow, I won my own contest. I'm so lucky. And we will send you a book. Uh, We'll get in contact with you. Uh, Also, we've started a Patreon. If you enjoy what you're seeing and listening to, we're going to start doing a bunch more video content. We're going to start sharing our games uh, that we play in on Wednesday. And the ultimate uh, thing you can get on the Patreon is I will personally run a D&D game for you. Uh, You and four other lucky people, if you're really feeling it, uh, we've got the link pinned on this video. Go click on it. Please. Please. Check out the Patreon if you want to... If you want to play a game online with me, you know, that's the, the highest on. thing. Keeps the lights on, though. Uh, we're just looking for self-sustainability, and we want to start making more money to grow this so we can start doing a better job. But give the page a like. Win a book, possibly. Check out our Patreon if you like our content. Please like and share us. Please like and share us. Uh, please throw some money at us on Patreon. That's an, that's pretty much enough on that. Yeah. I think we're done, then. Yeah, I think we are. So, Clint... Paul, may the force be with you. I'm Jake. Bye, guys. Oh, God, I need to go to the bathroom.